Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcasts with Chris and Aaron. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 176 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. As you know, it's meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views, although we do look into things that you ask us to look into. If you'd like to support the podcast, and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. They say no news is good news, but this is good news. It's a little bit of news. You came across a little thing about Disneyland Paris. I'd say probably bad news for a lot of people, Aaron, rather than good news. Um, it looks like some of the parking rates in there have gone up. Uh, it's I've seen a, a post on a Twitter account called ED92Magic. It looks like they're, uh, I don't know, we're affiliated some way with uh, with Disneyland. Park your camper van there now for a day. It's a cost of 40 euros. And there's a lot of chatter on the comments about people kind of giving out. So I'm not sure what the price was before. If anybody knows, maybe they could tell us. But there are like quotes here like incredibly expensive, 30 euros. It's actually 40 euros, not 30 euros. You know, people getting punished for visiting Disneyland Paris. What are saying? 40 years for one day parking. And it seems um, to be just like parking, not o- not an air, not overnight parking. It seems to be like 30 euro for a car, 25 for a motorbike, 40 for a bus and 40 for a camper and no caravans. So it seems to be just a car park, not an air. Yeah, I think the overnight might be tolerated to the best of my knowledge from um, a few people that went there before told me that, you know, there is a car park there. and You know, they don't throw you out as long as you pay your parking, whatever yeah. that may be, you know, I was what I'd say, everything at Disneyland Paris is at an absolute premium. Yes. So, you know, if you want to get park up right close without having to get a, a bus or a train or a taxi from somewhere else in there, they have you kind of over barrel. That's what yeah. you've got to pay. If like any you. of you have ever been to Disneyland Paris with your motorhome or your caravan, could you let us know how close to Jew Park? Maybe you did a veil of an air or maybe, like Chris was saying, you stayed in the local campsite and got a bus or a train. Yeah, it'd be good actually to do a feature with the podcast with tips for actually going to Disneyland Paris mm-hmm. in your camper van or your caravan or your tent if someone would like to maybe give us some tips or tell us about that. It'd be great for other people considering it. We'll give you the contact details at the end of this podcast. Some online chatter, unhappy campers, a crackdown on camper vans hogging the spots in Cove. Now, I agree with this. Because I've only ever been down and stayed one night in Cove, but I have seen people who have stayed three and four nights. But I'll just read a bit of the story. It's in the Irish Examiner from last week. There may be unhappy campers this summer as a crackdown has been proposed on people hogging the camper van facilities at the county's most successful council run site. New bylaws are set to be introduced to stop people from overstaying their welcome at the camper van site in Cove in County Cork, situated at the edge of Cork Harbour. Now, I read on with the story and they were saying that people were saying there's there's a, a 72 hour maximum stay. Now, you pay your 10 euro, but people were saying that they weren't paying overnight because it's not policed by a parking warden. Or if they stayed there three nights, they drove around town for 10 minutes and came back and parked in a different bay. So they're trying to clamp down on that because it could be the same 30 people that are going to be there for maybe 10 days. So we'll keep you updated. But you can see that in the Irish Examiner newspaper. I'd imagine that's probably high season. I suppose around about now, obviously, Easter weekend aside, it probably won't be full every night anyway. So I would say, yeah, look, they're probably looking at 
planning ahead now for the summer season, they're trying to get as many different families, I suppose, to come and visit Cove and surrounds. And I think one of the success stories is, I mean, I've been there, hail, rain, sleet and snow, and there does tend to be somebody there, if not every weekend, definitely for a night during the week. I have never gone down there and not seen a van or two or three or four parked there. Yeah, and that seems to be the measure for a lot of the other areas all around the country. Anytime there's a, a story about camping facilities potentially going in Cove is nearly always referenced yeah. because of the, the great facilities to provide there as well. So look, and the oh, simple facilities. Yeah. It's so simple. Uh, listeners, messages and shout out. I got a, a chat over the bank holiday weekend. A chap called Gary got onto me on Instagram. He reached out to Charlie and me over the weekend and he started off by saying, hi, I love seeing your videos. We have bought a camper van and we're wondering, maybe, but you might be able to help us with some advice. We would love to bring our Shih Tzu with us on our travels, but she seems anxious in the van and doesn't settle at all. Since I got the van, she shakes a good bit when I'm driving. She will sit if Michelle, my partner, is with me. She'll sit down on the floor in between her legs and she seems comfortable. We got away for one night to Wexford, but had to come home during the night as she just couldn't sit still. She tried to dig her way out of the van and she was trying to find the door to get out. I just thought you might or some of your listeners would be able to help. I suppose time will tell if she just gets used to it because we would love to bring her off camping so we can go on walks. Charlie didn't settle at first. Now, Charlie's not a great traveller, i.e. sitting in the seat. But then when we get there, he's fine. At nighttime, he's fine. During the day, he's fine. He's not a great traveller. Like Charlie will duck when we come to a bridge on a motorway or if we come to the big signs on a motorway. Charlie ducks. He's just and he won't sleep while we're driving. So I got back to Gary and I told him this and we were saying myself and Deirdre were chatting to him about it, saying, you know, bring the dog's bed, bring toys, treats, 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 you know, good girl, good boy. How were you? You're two traveling when you even just had the first one. Great. They they yeah. never had any problems. They just sit in the chair. They know they're going even in the car. They just lie down. Now, Bonnie, when she was a puppy, which is the younger uh, of our schnauzers, was mental in my car more so than the camper van because right you know we literally have to harness but when she was so small and skinny at the time I, she was a little houdini and she was <laughs> it, i don't know how she did it she was, out. she was able to climb out of the harnesses and and then we tried to harness her in the boat and she we have i have one of those cargo nets to stop yes and she can get through them she can climb up on anything but she's as she's matured she's gotten older now she's more settled, never had any you, issues. You never had problems with them sleeping overnight from day one because we've we were always the same been traveling. Charlie. So, because we've been out camping since before we had them, and from the minute we got them, I suppose they've, they've got acclimatized. Now, that the problem with us is trying to get the dogs out of the motorhome when we go home, they don't want to leave, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, one thing which might be an idea is try and regularize, regularize the trips in the camper, even if you're going to the shops take yeah. the camper and take the dog in the camper. If you're just going out to visit family, take the dog in the camper, you know, do an hour here, an hour there, two hours and start increasing it and updating the frequencies. And I would say take the bed that she's normally here. She yeah. normally sleeps in at home. Make sure the same bed. Don't have a new bed. It's just when he be, said there that to the bed with you, like, you know. Yeah. When they said we got away for one night in Wexford, but we had to come home, I did say to him, don't ever do that again. You know, don't let the dog rule the roost. If the dog is unsettled, OK, you're going to have a night where one of you aren't going to sleep, but persevere, but persevere with treats and, you know, proper tonage in your voice. 
you know, good dog on it, come on, and and take them up onto the bed with you if that's what it takes. Yeah. But just cuddles and lots and lots of, of love. And I think time will, will break it. And even a Saturday afternoon, if you're free and you weren't camping, what you could do is you could take the... Um, you could take the dog with you on a day trip and when you're out on that day trip then just blacken all your screens yeah. go for a little snooze yourself in the bread put the dog in the van with you just for an hour and yeah. then when she gets uh, a bit unsettled uh, get up uh, and going again you know if any of you have had trouble bringing your dogs could you please get in touch we'll give you the contact details and we'll pass all the details on to gary and michelle in due course yeah, we got a, a, a very good email yesterday from uh, Martin B. Um, I'll read through because it it's pretty interesting. He said, great job on the pod- podcast, guys. Playing catch up on him at the moment. And he said, I'll camp at Electric Picnic uh, each year. And it's the posh camping. So no logging or setting up a tent. However, we have it down at this stage with all the kit requires a transit to move in for the weekend. But that just keeps everyone happy as we truck in enough stuff. I've also taken the motorhome to Glastonbury and that was super. He said, I reckon a VW or traffic setup would suit me more. And the boss lady likes her comfort um, on one or two nights in the van. Uh, would be tops before parking in a nice hotel. He said, your podcast is great and help me understand the ins and outs. While I think you mentioned you needed some input on topics. He said, can I suggest that you reach out to other owners that are active on social media in the UK and Ireland, like what you did with Shane and Annie? I don't know if others would find it interesting, but for me, I always, I'm always curious as to why people got into it, why they choose the particular van type and what they would do differently if they're going to do it again. The one way back with Van Halle, he said, was also uh, very good and interesting. Anyway, he says, enough waffle. Back to the reason for the email. Um, there's a UK company called Gloning, and they make these teepee tents for campers. He sent us a link to have a look at it. Gloning.com, G-L-A-W-N-I-N-G.com. Think of it as one of those very fancy uh, teepee tents with an awning attachment so you can attach it to the side of your van in all the pages on Gloning. They're attached to, to VWs because they just look so fantastic. But he says... Uh, it might be of interest to some of the listeners if anyone is looking at getting out, maybe in colder seasons, I presume in these tents you could probably set up a stove or something yeah. as well. They, they seem to be more tents than awnings, don't they? They seem to be yeah, a drive away, yeah. like the big family tents, but with a drive away, as you say, awning attached to it that you could actually sleep in these. Yeah, it's like one of the tents we interviewed John Burns a while back that he camps in up in Scotland. Yes. One of the tents with one single pole uh, up to the middle of it. And it does an attachment for the awning. And he suggests that you get one for your tea tree iron. Yeah, sure. Nice, nice. If he wants to sponsor it now, I'd gladly pass him on my contact details and we'll have a chat after this podcast. But you can check out the website. They are, they look, they look fantastic. I wouldn't say the cheapest way to get an awning onto the side of a T3 now, but it's Glawning, G-L-A-W-N-I-N-G.com. If you just want to check it out and see what they are, it could be of interest to some of you guys. Yeah, uh, Peter C was on. I, I like this. He was on Twitter during the week and he had a question for us. Yeah, he said, uh, Chris and Aaron, do I need the headlight deflectors on a 2018 car for driving in Belgium and France this summer? Yes. Um, 
So I knew did a, a little bit of checking on that. I got onto the RSA today and they said before you head to Europe, you will need to adjust your car headlamp beam pattern for driving on the right hand side of the road so that the dipped beam doesn't dazzle oncoming drivers. This is a compulsory requirement in most countries. Headlamp beam converter kits are widely available, but don't leave it to the last minute to sort it out. On some cars, the dealer will make will be able to make the adjustments for you. You go into any good auto accessory shop, buy the kit, stick them on. But yes, every right hand drive car needs to have the beam kits, converter kits for driving in France or mainland Europe. And it's funny that um my motorhome is actually a, a, a left-hand drive, so I have to have the reflectors to deflect them. For over here. For when I'm driving here, I have to have them on, um, you know, for uh, for the DOE. Um, we've never had any problems getting it through with them on, but then mm. you're not dazzling someone. It, it, it's a yeah. safety thing anyway, irrespective of whether it's legal or not, you know. I know you don't do a lot of night driving, but the bit of night driving you've done, does it work? Or does it you know it works it for the hinder? traffic coming yeah but, but how is your light not not great not great and not down narrow roads and stuff it's now my eyesight you know isn't amazing so with the glasses on i i can do it but i prefer not to i just i'm just i'd just be fairly tired because after. the headlights in my home it's not a safety are, thing it's just, it's just yeah terrible. oh no it's safety for other road users yeah, but the answer to Peter's question is yes, you do have to. But um, the headlights in my oak now, I'm, I'm right hand drive standard Irish lights are fantastic. In fact, I was only saying to Deirdre that even on dip lights, I, I seldom have to use my headlights. Now, I fitted a spotlight bar just because I had one and I've used it once. And that was three years ago going into Dick's Field only because I arrived at night time and I wanted to try it out. And I've never used it since. You are making an entrance art. That's all you're doing. That's all I was doing, saying we are here. <laughs> Um, Andy was on to you on Instagram as well during the week. Yeah, he sent us a message. He said, uh, just found your podcast. He said, my wife and I started the Irish Split Green Split Screen Owners Club and we own two split screens under restoration currently. Um, we also own a T5 camper that we built ourselves and have gone many adventures in. You'd love to hear more about that, Aaron, I'd say. Mm-hmm. He says, I love hearing about the bills that other people are working on. Now, Andy was actually on a... Um, the Nutjob podcast uh, about a year ago. Um, I'll share that out on uh, Twitter. Uh, if anyone wants to check it out, uh, he was interviewed there about, uh, about a few other bits and pieces. You'll see the headline, the heading of that is Attacked in Ireland by a Subscriber's Vicious Pet Whilst Looking at Andy's Volkswagens. But uh, it's a very good video, very entertaining and um, well worth checking. As I said, I'll tweet that out as well. Yeah, I follow Andy on Instagram because he has. Now, for those of you who don't know what Split Screen Owners Club is, the Volkswagen Split Screens split screens are 60s to 70s VW vans. Now, he has vans, not camper vans, vans, and they are in crap condition and he is bringing them back to life. It's the kind of job where I'd look at and say, scrapyard get 50 quid for it <laughs> and he's going no 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 um but yeah if you want to follow him on instagram uh, i think it's it's andy kelly but it's k3 lly on instagram you'll find yeah. him up there but fabulous photographs he's he also has a vw beetle which they saved again had no floors no wings uh i i mean what i'm doing on my van i think i'm doing a great job these guys work miracles and fair juice to them yeah probably worth checking out that uh group if you're into your split screens and haven't come across them before 
Um, campsite stopovers this week. Of course, uh, the bank holiday weekend. We'll have a chat about that now in a second. Donald was on campsitereview.com. He went to Doombeg. Do you remember a couple of weeks back we were mentioning that Travis up in Bundoran put in electric meters and then Jamie got on to us to say that he's done the same. So Donald said to me during the week, we're heading to Doombeg for the weekend. I'll get back to you and let you know how much our electricity cost for the few nights we were there. So here is what he had to say on campsitereview.com on the forum. We are just back from three lovely days at Strand Camping in Doonbeg, County Clare. The site is the cleanest site we have ever stayed on. The hosts, Jamie and Amanda, could not do enough for us. The toilets and showers were spotless, with heater on when you entered and lovely music playing in the background. The pitches were a great size and very level, 16 amp electricity on each pitch. We were very interested to see how the new reading of the electric meters Jamie installed would go for us. We used a blow heater, air fryer, microwave, fridge, charged our phones, had lights on, heated the water. All these items were used regularly on our three-day stay. When we were getting ready to leave on the final day, Jamie read the electric meter and told us that the cost for the electricity for our three days was €9.70. That works out at three twenty-five per day for electricity. Great value for the three days, considering how many electrical items we used. We will be returning to this fabulous site. Regards, Donal. First of all, Jamie and Amanda's campsite, their slogan is the camper's campsite because they have a motorhome themselves. And it is a fantastic, well-kept, well-run site. And I was very interested to see how the meter reading goes. That's a lot. I mean, air fryers are heavy. The blow heaters are heavy. Microwave, I know it's intermittent, but can be heavy. Your fridge, your charging of phones, lights and heating the water, not too heavy. But the blow heater, air fryer and microwave. And it worked out at 3.25 a day. I think this is the way campsites should go. Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable in any way. Like, you know, uh, considering it's still quite cold out there, you know, there's still a chill in that breeze, even though... I'd say the blow heater was on. I mean, he mentioned the blow heater. He didn't say it was on constantly, but I'd say it was on quite a lot. And I think 325 a day for electricity is, is, I think campsites should look at putting these meters in. I wouldn't complain about having to pay that, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than a fixed fee, whether I'm using it or not, you know, pay for what you use. And, you know, I think the Doombeg site, if anyone is considering setting up their own campsite at any stage, go yes. pay a visit to that site. You know, yes, it's an example to everybody. It's a beautiful well, and I'm not going to say it's a medium sized small, it's just a nice size site and it's, it's just fantastically run. And I think then if you're not using electricity, you're just paying the standard rate per night, you know, to camp. Listen, well done to Jamie and Amanda and thank you, Donald, for that. CampsiteReview.com, the forum is free, always will be. So you got away for the weekend at last. Finally got away. Now, I know we were kind of down in the getaway uh, a few times, all right. Um, but this was a first good few days, kind of solid run at camping um, this year for us anyway. So we got up there on Thursday and came back uh, Monday evening. Great time up there now. You went to where? Uh, sorry, Nagels and Dolan. I should have said that. Yeah. Um, we tend to kind of head that direction for Easter as much as we can. Um, I know you tend to, to, to like it on Patrick's weekend. But we, well, we were all there last Paddy's weekend. The yeah, whole camping crew were except there. Except us. No, you were there. Oh, you weren't there. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. You keep rubbing sorry. that in. Yep. Yeah, sorry. You anyway, I, I, I'll keep going. No, we had a, a lovely site. Look, Ken runs a, a fabulous site up there. Um, we had a great time. And um, look, when you're going to Clare, you can expect a bit of wind. 
Just yes. be prepared for that. Even in the summer, the wind blows yes. in off the Atlantic there, so check that out. But we're having great fun watching all the um, the ferries going back and forth on the air over to the Iron Islands. Yeah. Oh, my God, they were Bobby. ramping over some waves. It was yeah. great fun. But look, lovely sunsets up there. If, you, if you're into your sunsets, there's probably nowhere better in the country to watch them um, out on uh, out on the, the coastline from the campsite there. And, um, yeah, we just chilled out for the week and didn't do a whole lot. A lot of walking, mm-hmm. you know, went into town, had dinner kind of one or two days um, had a couple of points. It's just such a relaxing site, yeah. isn't it? Just the whole area. Uh, when we go down, we were down there for Paddy's weekend. We bring the car because we tend to head off into La Hinch or we'd, we'd head off. Just we bring the car for the long weekend. Uh, this weekend just gone, we were in St. Margaret's in Wexford, which if you remember, we did a Charlie and me video on last year because it reopened after a spell had been closed where the mum and dad were selling it. And Trassa decided after two or three years in COVID to take it over. So this was our second season full, booked solid, absolute brilliant weekend and the amount of people that came up to us camping crew podcast listeners charlie and me video watchers uh, we were down walking towards the beach which is exactly five minute walk from the campsite down this little laneway to the beach and we had to stop to take selfies with charlie we met a couple who were out on their first camping trip in a caravan after 17 years of the kids growing up they bought a caravan saw the charlie and me video headed down to Ferrybank for two nights and St. Margaret's for two nights. And we're delighted to meet us and get a photograph with Charlie. And they had it up on their Facebook page. But And you made a note of their names, did you, so you can give me a shout out? Yeah, uh, Chris. And I think it was Joan. <laughs> and the only reason I'm thinking it was Joan is because she posted on Facebook, great to meet you guys over the weekend. But it was Chris. And the only reason I know it was Chris <laughs> was because I said to Joan, which is what we call her for, the, for reasons unknown, I said, who's going to take this flipping photograph? Oh, she says, Chris has a phone. So that's how I know he was Chris but they love the podcasts they love the videos and they love being back on scene with the caravan and they were saying hopefully in two or three years it'll be a motorhome and that is their goal but it was great to meet so many people and St Margaret's and Ladies Island uh, its address is Ross Lair uh, in County Wexford is absolutely beautiful and you can book them on Facebook or give them a buzz and that's coming up soon I think on Friday vlog is it Let's get there. What's on Charlie and me? Today we put up a video of the bumpers because the Wednesdays are T3 dream build, my dream build video. So it was just the front bumpers, the back bumpers on today's video. This Friday, St. Margaret's County Wexford, where we were for the bank holiday weekend, is our first revisit of this year and our first, it's only our second or third video of this year. So this Friday, youtube.com forward slash Charlie Amir camping vlog. Lovely bit of new drone footage in there as well of St. Margaret's. And there's a link to the very first time we were there as well. So that's this Friday. But today's video on the van build was the fitting of the front and back bumpers. A chap called out today to start the fiberglass work, the repair work on the roof. He wasn't due to call till tomorrow, but he had a, a cancellation. So he called out today and he'll be finishing it on Friday. Um, I'm not videoing that because Gary asked not to be on video, but there are photographs up on our YouTube community page and on our Instagram of what went on there today. Thank you for your support on the van build. And again, this Friday, youtube.com forward slash Charlie Amir camping vlog, St. Margaret's in Wexford. So that brings us kind of neatly uh, hurtling to the end of the podcast. I just want to to leave the podcast with a little tip for you. Um, One thing which could really saved us going in. A lot of people probably know this tip already. Um, but we got, uh, at the end of the summer last year, we had a problem with our fridge. Um, and we bought a cooler box to bring just to keep some of the, the, mm. the beers chilled and that we just bought fresh food as much as we could. Um, 
but we brought this cooler box with us and got loads of bags of ice. And it worked perfectly for us, you know, every day or second day we changed the ice, fresh ice. Mm-hmm. The only problem is your cooler box is left with a big flood of water in it that you have oh, yeah. to drain and empty out. Okay. So what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks is I've been keeping the plastic milk bottles that we use for milk, washing them out, taking off the labels and filling them up with water and I've chucked them in the freezer. So I froze the big milk bottles. I think we spoke about this on some of the early podcasts. I chucked them into the freezer. So big two litre cartons. But you wouldn't so, fill them, fill them. You only half fill them to allow for no, the expansion. No, I filled them probably maybe, I would say, maybe three quarters. Okay. You know, mostly filled. And I kind of squeezed them a bit and filled them to yeah. the top. So I left there was a bit of room, as you said, for expansion. Stuck them into the freezer. Then, so I had three and a half cartons that I put into the icebox on the way up. And they were all still frozen when we got sure. there and the next morning. So what I did is when I arrived at the campsite, I took one of the milk bottles out and put it into the freezer on the campsite. Oh, in the kitchen. Um, in the kit camper, the freezer in the camper's kitchen, because up in Nagels, they have all of the um, the facilities up in microwaves and kettles and mm-hmm. freezers and all that. So great. So I took it out, got up the next morning and just swapped the milk bottles around. Put Brilliant. the windows melted in there and it just kept the beer, I had a bit of food in there as well. It kept it all perfectly cold for the whole weekend because the cooler box I have isn't great. It does grand if you don't open it. When did you open it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's gone. gone yeah. It cools it back down. So kept the beers cold, kept whatever food we had in it nice and chill for the weekend. And best of all, there was no mess. Yeah, no having to pick it up and empty it out. No, there were a Heineken ad where you had to pull up your sleeves and yes, shove it into a barrel. The last yeah, not, not having to do any of that. If you have any little products and gadgets and little tips like that and little hacks, we would love to hear from you. If there's anything that you want to talk to us about on any of the podcasts or what we discussed on today's podcast, we would love to hear from you. Don't forget, we still have some stickers that you can put on your motorhome, your camper van, your caravan or your car. If you give us your name, your address and your air code, we will send them out to you free of charge. But for that, you need all of our contact details. And Chris has our contact details. Our website is thecampingcrew.ie and you can leave us a voice message there if you want to be um, if you want to be played on a podcast. Our email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, we're at the camping crew. Instagram, we're at the camping crew podcast. On Facebook, you'll find us in all the good motorhome and camping groups. Um, and that's it, really. Just reach out, get in touch. And thank you to Donal and thank you to Peter C and to Martin for getting in touch. And we would love to hear from you and Gary as well. Thanks. And don't forget youtube.com forward slash Charlie Amir camping vlog uh, videos, review campsite review videos on Fridays, van build videos on Wednesdays. And as we mentioned earlier on campsitereview.com, we have a forum there. It's free and it always will be. You can join it and partake in that as well. If like many people this weekend, you see us on a campsite please do call over and say hi. And if you are off camping wherever you're going for this summer season, stay safe until we talk again on the next podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall bidding you farewell. And it's goodbye from me, Chris. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you do, please subscribe and share with all your camping friends. Well, that's it for another podcast from the camping crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping.